Welcome to the Coffee and Conversation podcast, the podcast that celebrates great people making amazing things happen. This second series of the podcast is presented under the banner of COVID Connections, and I will be chatting with several of the fabulous people with whom my path has crossed over these challenging past 12 months. My guest today is Jack Tully, who, with a mum from London and a dad from Glasgow, has his heart in both cities. Growing up in London and moving to Glasgow aged 18, both these brilliant cities have very much shaped Jack's view on the world, his work and his football teams. Jack cares deeply about human connection and the importance of having spaces where we feel able to openly share our identity without fear of judgement. He's also motivated by his desire to better understand the issues facing young people in society today. Welcome to this week's edition of the Coffee and Conversation podcast. Uh, today, uh, my COVID connection is Jack. So, morning, Jack. It still is morning where I am. And me, and me. I think we're in the same time zone. Jane. How are you doing? Yeah, very good, thank you. Yeah, it is um, sunny. Actually, the blue sky, there is still a tiny bit of snow on the ground. Um, but sunny and blue sky today, which, yeah, makes the world look a very beautiful place. Yeah. I agree. I agree. I, I know it's that classic British thing to start talking about the weather, but it does make a difference when you get to see the sun um, coming up and just puts that little kind of spring in your step, you know, to get Easter. It's Easter Monday as well, which is nice. It's a nice, nice that we can get outside and the weather's all nice on a on a bank holiday. Indeed, indeed. So, as ever, we will start our conversation. Um, a totally unscripted conversation, but we'll start yeah. with inviting you to share your poem, your lyric, your quote, whatever you have brought for show and tell this morning. So I, I was kind of thinking um, a lot, kind of when you kind of when you asked that as your kind of as your starting point for the for the conversation, um, and I kind of I was thinking I don't really listen, I don't don't really listen, I don't really read poetry, kind of. Um, off the page um, but I listen to a lot of kind of rap music and hip-hop and grime and that is the poetry that I listen to that's the poetry that I consume and then I was thinking about who would be a good person um, to to find some some um, lyrics from um, and what the lyrics were meaning to me kind of personally and I think it always comes back for me as the starting point of why I kind of fell in love with with grime and rap and hip hop is because of one man. And that's a, a rapper called and musician called Roots Maneuver, um, which was probably through my dad who got me listening to, to him. Um, I think his name is Rodney Smith. And it was the first gig I went to. My dad took me first time I kind of seen anything like that. And then I was thinking, okay, what my favorite song is, which is a song called Dreamy Days um, by Roots Maneuver. And then I was thinking, okay, well, let me see what lyrics might work from that song. So I've got two from um, from that, uh, from his song, Dreamy Days. So the first, kind of the first one is the chorus, which is dreamy days, come what, come what may, we feel no way, there's going to be fun and lots of laughter. And then the other one is, you know my style, I keep it on a holy out of body mind blown we in some zone so how deep can we sow those seeds and proceed to buck the limit so those are my two two lyrics on this monday morning um which i thought i would open up with because it's my favorite song of all time it's a it's a love song it's a sad song but i think in there as well you've kind of got 
two very interesting kind of ideas, um, which I thought would be a good place for us to to start, maybe start our conversation with. Definitely. Lyrics or, lyrics or words are always a good place to start. Um, yeah. And I, immediately in my head, I've got my interpretation of them, which I can maybe, yeah, maybe we'll explore. But but let's start with, you know, give us a bit more of an insight into what those two particular lines mean for you. Um, okay, I'll, I'll make sure I've got them in front of me just so I've got that kind of point of reference. So I think there's something about dreaming um, and I think dreaming of better kind of better days you know um and i think that that can kind of be applied to the kind of context of, of of the past year that we've had in lockdown and um i think the kind of the universal experience that everyone has had has not been particularly easy and i know that um the kind of the the loss and the the, the, the death that people have experienced through this time um and kind of dreaming of better days after that. But then also I think that also I think rings kind of holds relevance for me, I think, in kind of that like utopic idea of of how can we, what can we do? How can we as a society move towards better days? Kind of those those dreamy days where we are addressing some of the kind of the, the large kind of systemic inequalities that exist within our society and I don't want to start with something kind of really big like that but I think that song always holds that those kind of moments um and then also kind of bringing in a kind of third idea is more of that individual that a day-to-day that my day today might peak and trough in terms of how I feel and happiness sad whatever but there's always that whatever comes there's always going to be a better day. There's always going to be a day that you can dream. There's always going to be, we can always be dreaming of, of, of better days. And then the other lyric, I think also kind of, um, situates itself in the second point about that kind of idea of a utopia, which with kind of how deep can we sow those seeds and proceed to buck the limit? What can we do to, to plant lots of different seeds and lots of different places and help, other people plant seeds and have other people help us plant seeds and what can grow out of that and I know that's a kind of a classic kind of metaphor for for growth and personal growth but I also think bucking the limit what can we do differently how what can we what can we change how can we change things um how can we move away from the status quo because I think the status quo with so many things is proven that it doesn't necessarily work and it suits to serve a select certain group of people and um again i don't want to make it too kind of politically big but again i think that's sadly sometimes the way that my mind probably operates um and i think how can we yeah how can we sow seeds now to change the way that the future can look like and change the the potential status quo kind of to buck the limit to change that trend to to do something different i think um they all feel quite important to me at the moment um and just in general really i think there's lots of personal um yeah personal things in there but also more kind of social and political in there as well um which i think is a nice balance maybe absolutely and and what i love is um you know as you're talking you you can kind of see this passion and this excitement and this kind of um yeah, I don't know, drive or some a bit of determination that there are better ways and, and that, you know, we can all do something. Mm. Um, and that's, yeah, 
I know not everybody will obviously you can hear that in your voice but I can see you on the zoom screen um getting quite <laughs> animated as you're talking which is yeah. yeah that's always you know I love I love seeing people who you know are passionate about what they're talking about and um, you know this series is called COVID Connections and I think it is pretty much guaranteed as with most people on this series that we would never our paths would never have crossed had it not no. been for the last 12 months um yeah I, I just think sorry Jane after you after no, you God, all I was going to say and you know this so this conversation is one of maybe those seeds of growth and opportunity and because of these types of conversations it's opening up new possibilities uh, uh, yeah, I was, yeah I was going to say something similar because I think that the fact that we met kind of just yeah about 12 months ago never met in person and I know that we have both spoken about this to each other and in, and in the kind of the various um, Zoom kind of community groups that we're in, um, that it's been a pretty special kind of opportunity is probably the wrong word, but a, a, a kind of a really special coincidence that that we've stumbled into a room together. And from there, we both have made friendships with lots of different kind of incredible people. Um, and that is been amazing the fact that the work that we do is very different the kind of the place that we live is very different um but we've sparked many different conversations and had many different conversations and and have become friends and become good friends off the back of of just sowing a couple of seeds in a zoom room and i know that for all the 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 um the criticisms that Zoom might get and the kind of the classic, oh God, I'm a bit Zoomed out today. Oh God, I'm a bit, another Zoom type of kind of mentality that we all go through. Um, but it's been pretty amazing to be able to sow many seeds with lots of different people um, and inspiring people and people that challenge the way that you think and nudge you to think slightly differently and all those those kind of things I think are, have been amazing, been fantastic. And I think what you just this maybe connects with some of the um, things from your initial lyrics and what, what you're talking about. But I think it's that difference. That's certainly what I feel is that, you know, I feel like my world has just been opened up to, I mean, you know, my world has been sport and coaching and people development and, you know, to be to cross paths with people who, you know, like yourself, who are involved in theatre and, you know, very, very different, you know, in social justice and arts. And you know, it does you kind of feel that there's a connection in some of the issues that we're trying to solve or, you know, questions we're searching for answers for, um, or sometimes don't even know the question yet, but we're just kind of like stumbling blindly in the, in the world. Um, but to have conversations with people who see things in different ways feels like it's, it definitely has opened up. Um, yeah. Lots of new possibilities. Yeah. I, I totally agree. And I think, there's something in there what you said about difference and understanding difference and and I think that the way the part of society has been probably for 10 15 20 years has I think kind of been the opposite to that that there's that kind of protecting oneself and protecting one's group and there's a refusal to understand difference or a refusal to kind of to understand what is different because what is different about us is also what is similar about us. That's that brilliant thing about difference. And, and is the fact that the way that you do something, the way that I do something, we're doing the same thing. We're just doing it differently. So how, 
So where are the similarities there? What is that? And I think that that is, as as you said, I think has been what has been so brilliant about the kind of varying different conversations that we've been in. It's been that kind of recognition of difference, understanding difference, the celebrating of difference. And I think that we personally, I think we need more of that in 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 society and the conversations that we have on a kind of political level because how can we move forward being closed off from from people from other parts of the world from people from different backgrounds from different working experiences we just close we can't keep closing ourselves off to to what is different because what is different is is opens up the possibilities to shift ideas and ideals and values and all of those different things um and yeah yeah i would just be repeating myself if yeah. I can. <laughs> it's just getting excited it's i've got honestly so many different things like sparking through my head in terms of like our difference in terms of age and location and background and all of those things and you know i think what i find interesting when we chat is you know you kind of i suppose you're a yeah a mix of scottish at heart grown up in london and have yeah. found your way back to scotland um and it's it feels very much like home in a strange kind of way through our conversations. Yeah, I, 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 that is that is um, that is kind of the way that my dad. My dad's from Glasgow. Um, I spent eighteen years living in 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 North London, um, and I think I will share a bit about my kind of childhood because I think so much of my. Um, understanding of views on difference um i think stem from growing up in a school where there were 50 languages spoken and being at a school where religious and cultural holidays and celebrations were very much part of growing up um and then being able and feeling confident enough to go okay well i'm scottish and my dad's from glasgow and being very proud of that and going to a Scottish wedding for the first time and going, oh, we did this thing called a Kaylee and we all danced and we linked arms and da-da-da-da-da. For me, it was that place of being, I felt then comfortable to share my difference and the thing that, and and to share what was different about the way that I was growing up. And I do want to add um, that I am very, very aware that me being able to celebrate my Scottishness as a, as a white man is a very, very different thing from growing up in North London um, and being Muslim or growing up in North London um, and being black because those are very, very different experiences. But growing up in a school where there are people from all over the world who call that part of North London home um, was a, a very, um, um, it was just an amazing, amazing kind of amazing thing really. And I think that it opened my eyes up to, to so much um, and also allowed me and has made me check myself and check the kind of the, the, the privileges that I have, because without that, you, you, you can't, I, I believe that you have to do that. You can't not, because I think it's too important to, to grow up with, with friends from all over the, all over the world. You have to also then understand your sense of self and understand yourself and how you fit into that and, understand the, the privilege that, that that you have within that within those contexts um and then also probably that also is why i ended up back in glasgow because i was always very proud to be 
wearing my Scotland shirt um, when England got knocked out of um, Euro, I think it was Euro 2004 or 2006, where Cristiano Ronaldo um, winked at Wayne Rooney as he was sent off. And I, there was not, um, there was no joy in, in our house as me and my dad started to walk around the place with our Scotland shirts at all. We were, we were, we were gutted as an England fan also was. So that kind of things like that as well. There's so much in there, and I hope I've I've, I've done a good job in in trying to in, in trying to navigate the kind of the the intersections of my childhood and and how I fit in with that because I think that's uh, it's something that I want to get to want to get right, you know, because it's it's too important for me for me not to and um to not challenge um, and to check my own self and my, my the privilege that I had growing up because yeah it's important to do so yeah and it's really interesting isn't it in terms of like thinking about where you grew up and where you are now and you know where you call home um because I find it quite interesting you know having you know I've now lived in Scotland for 10 years having spent the rest of my life in various parts of England um and you know I've been I think about it like where is home and this is where I live is home um, but where, you know, and where you kind of think, well, and, and it's probably only fairly recently, and maybe it might have been when my mum and dad moved house. So the place that was my home growing up, they've moved to a new house. And I'd always maybe used to refer to that as home. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, it's kind of interesting where you sort of think of yourself from. And I suppose I've thought about it a lot, having um, learned a little bit about some um, New Zealand Maori heritage and um, yeah. something called a pepeha, which we've talked about previously. Yeah. Um, but this idea that that's how you introduce yourself and it's about where you connect to with your land and those kind of things. And I've started like looking and thinking, well, where is my heritage? And my gran- my grandma was from Wales. My, you know, my mum and dad were both born in Shropshire. And, you know, so there's, there's some really interesting stuff about your heritage and you know, where you consider home to be. And is home where the heart is i don't know maybe there maybe there's something quite powerful in that sometimes yeah yeah that's the thing i find it really difficult when people ask me where home is because i feel home my home is two places my home will always be um in north london always 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 and forever um i think but then glasgow also is very much home and that was um I, where I live now is 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 I could throw a stone um, and I would be in the house that my uh, who would they be great grandparents first moved to in 1949. That's how close where my great auntie oh, had wow. her first flat is on that road just there, um, where my dad grew up um, for the first two, three or four years of his life is just down the road. The church where my great uncle was. Um, a choir boy and his dad was the organist is just over there and so I walked the same streets and I've and I've probably told the same jokes and done all the same kind of had those same conversations on the same streets it's a very different Glasgow as to when they moved here I think Glasgow in 1949 was a very 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 different place to, to what um, Glasgow is um, like now um, but then my accent and the way that I speak is very much has not shifted one iota since I moved up here, which I think my dad's still a little bit maybe disappointed that there's not a time when I answer the phone and there's that kind of, there's that Glasgow kind of twang coming through. Um, 
So here's here's a question for you: Are you conscious? Are you consciously keeping hold of your North London accent? You know, I, I, absolutely. My accent got stronger when I moved up. I was not. There was no way. Kind of for that first year, it was a signifier. I am from London. That is who I am. My accent proves that I'm from London. Um, and then there's always that kind of funny tribalism about my my two flat. Um, friends and flatmates are both from from london and i and i like to say to them london in 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 adverted commas because i don't think that their london is their london's very very far out and i often i think it's more like surrey than it is london and um there's that kind of weird tribalism of north and south london anyway um but then also for them for me telling them that they're not from London but that I think is an old it's an old um recycled joke for the six years that I've been friends with Joe that I think he I've probably come to admit that it's also London but yeah um it kind of my accent definitely is kind of maybe not intensified because it was always there but definitely I was very keen to 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 hold on to it um and i also kind of just quickly here it also reminds me so my my dad and um dad's family moved from glasgow to um harrogate in yorkshire kind of i think he was about 13 or 15 13 14 15 around that age and his younger sister very 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 quickly her accent shifted and she had this kind of yorkshire accent she was very very keen to to become part of 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 the yorkshire the kind of the yorkshire um you also say yorkshire gang i think it's a very big gang there's a lot of people that live in yorkshire but part of being from yorkshire um and didn't re- receive any of the kind of the same abuse that my dad did whose accent um was scottish was glaswegian um and and he couldn't really shift his and change his and he got a lot more kind of a lot more stick and a lot more kind of the classic anti kind of Scottish jokes that um that I've, yeah that my dad received and I think that's just a really interesting and kind of um thing about like kind of about accents and where you're from and and that these ideas of home and where home is and etc et really broadly talking about is identity isn't it and yeah, you know absolutely and how and maybe that maybe that shifts over time in terms of how confident we are to hold on to who we are and the parts mm-hmm. of us that make up our identity and you know accent and how we look is a big part of how other people perceive us and make initial often judgments or evaluations yeah. on us yeah. so there's definitely something interesting there about identity and being comfortable with who we are definitely i think that's also why i said why i said about me being able to celebrate my Scottishness and and my dad being from Glasgow at school and and as as a white man that's very easy because that's with the privilege that that has and that holds um and why I think it was also important for me to to talk about kind of some of my school friends um and their identity when you're in situations where those are constantly being challenged and they're constantly being perceived as, as threatening or um, as the kind of like black as the kind of criminalized idea and, and black criminality and all those kind of 
those political conversations that hold there are all about identity. And I think that that is something that I've always, by my mum and the work that she does and the reading that I do and, and conversations that I have, I think it's very, very important that we understand that and those questions of identity because we we should all be able in, in, in whatever country that we are in to be proud and to be able to celebrate the identity that we have and to celebrate our identity. And it, as it does with many, many people, I think there are people that don't feel like they can do that. And that's not, that's, that's not right at all, at all, at all, at all, um, full stop. Because um, yeah, I just wanted to say that there, because I think it's very, very important when we talk about identity and, and is checking yourself and checking oneself um, because myself and your conversations around identity be very, very different from um, another two people having their conversations about identity. Um, but the, yeah, going back to what you were saying, they are, they are conversations about identity. And, and I think that it's those things that we become proud of and that we are proud of and we continue to, to talk about and mention and bring up into conversation. And, um, and yeah, sorry, I got kind of caught up in a bit. No, of a... No, it's great. And I think, you know, that's what I love about these type of conversations is that you kind of, we just, and, and that's why they are sparky conversations. You kind of, there's a little spark that lights and you end up going off in some total different direction. But I do, I find it quite interesting that, um, yeah, a lot of, you know, we've spoken on a number of occasions and, you know, quite often we do sort of circle back round to that idea of who we are. And, you know, just before we started recording, you know, I was sharing, you know, some experiences from me this week around, you know, going into sort of new situations with new people where I yeah. didn't necessarily felt like I belong. And it was actually more about my own perceptions than it was about anything else. So I almost convinced myself that I didn't fit in in that group because I wasn't, you know, rich enough smart enough you know yeah. successful enough those kind of things um so it is that constant sort of check and and that ability you know it's hard often to hold on to confidence in your own identity and actually who I am is enough I don't have to try and pretend to be somebody else um and I think that you know that maybe is something that's quite key linking on with things that you just said you know it's not okay for people who don't feel able to be proud of their heritage and where they're from but actually we find that in a lot of circumstances where either the individual isn't confident enough or the group within which they're existing doesn't allow that to happen for whatever reason, whether it's preconceived ideas, prejudices, discrimination. Um, so it's that, yeah. yeah, it's those two sorts of things coming together. Yeah. Yeah. And I think kind of just going on from there, I think it's really interesting that when we have this type of conversation, I feel very kind of, confidence talk about who I am and the things that I do but then in other situations I think my biggest thing is is not being confident enough and it's not having kind of that the belief or the that I should be in this conversation that belief that I should be having um yeah as I can I'm not gonna repeat myself but being in that conversation and that I those ideas of self-belief and I definitely think kind of speaking very personally here that that is probably one of the biggest things that I personally struggle with is that idea of, of being confident in this environment to have that conversation and to be confident in to do so. But then when I'm in other situations and in, and in other kind of groups and other conversations, there's that self doubt that's in the back of your head, just going, Oh, 
just that just kind of chips away and picks away at kind of at that the ease at which you can go actually I've got something to say here or the ease at which you can just nip in or ask a question and mm. I think it is it's it's so interesting um that those kind of how confidence is linked into 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 that and self-belief is linked into those things and and almost kind of we would as we said before when we were speaking off kind of off um before we were recording that we often put those onto ourselves before we've even stepped into the room um and and maybe that's something that we need to be better at is going into the room and and going, I can, I should be here. I can be here. I have things to contribute. Um, and also not contributing is also, is okay. Because if you're listening and you're listening deeply and listening properly, then what, what, there are amazing things that you can take from that. And I kind of think that's, you know, a lot of me has often wondered, as I'm sure you, and you know, well, I know you have in terms of why the, the, you know, the Zoom communities that we've ended up being part of, why they work. And I think, you know, a lot, for me anyway, a lot of that is that um, we haven't labelled ourselves. So we've got to and know each other through conversation. I, I, that's it. That's it. Um, it's why, as you said, those those the Zooms that we are part of, which is, we should probably do a quick advert here. Um, which probably, I think, Karen, Karen will be pleased if we advertise the Wednesday campfire at 4pm and the Friday campfire at 4pm. Yeah. But then there's also... Um, Paul's uh, AOB any other business session um, session which is for um, teachers and kind of practitioners and those interested in learning and education and school and unpicking what those big kind of buzzwords actually mean and how we can make those kind of how can we make changes to education who also meet um, at 4 p.m uh on thursdays 10 out, 10 out of 10 for advertising you got Thank your you. endorsements well done yeah, it's the, the short um and i don't receive any of the 10 percent that uh <laughs> for um participants um or anything but yeah as you were kind of um as you were as you were saying jane just it isn't about what you do um and i have become so used to that going into zooms that aren't held by um during those or held by people that are in those when you do end up in a breakout room and you spend the first seven minutes of a 10 minute session kind of breakout room talking about what you do and people talking about what they've done and then you've got three minutes to actually talk about the issue that or the subject that we're supposed to be talking about and i think that's it because there's and i Going back, going back a little bit about that confidence and self-belief that I should be in this room or shouldn't I be in this room. When you don't have to prove what you've done or who you've worked for, and it's just about, as you said, the conversation and allowing for those conversations just to move and kind of into any direction. I'm doing that. This is an audio recording and I'm moving my hands from side to side, almost like a river, just to kind of... Um, to a meandering oxbow lake type yes. i can't think of any other geography terms for rivers yeah, yeah. and that type of movement um allowing the conversation to do that rather than having the weight on as i said on what you do and what you've done creates more open conversation more honest conversation but also more conversation around friends and family when you aren't just talking yeah as i said you're not talking about what you've done and who you've worked mm. for 
it's the experiences in those jobs um of course you have to mention some of what you've done but it's the experience and of your life and work and community your friends family they all filter in rather than just what you do and the, the that oxford dictionary definition of i am this or i have done x you know and you know it's interesting because i know i know kind of the area you work in i know what you're interested in but actually if somebody asked me what you did i wouldn't have a clue of a job title or a label to give you because it's never and that's that's actually just just struck me as we've been talking so i know what you you know i know what you studied i know what you did your dissertation on and that but actually if, if you were to say what's your job i'm like mm, I don't think I really know, but that's okay because I kind of know what you're passionate about and what you're interested in, and that's what matters. Yeah, and I think as well, I'd, I, I'd, I will say that I'm in a very, I feel very, very fortunate and very, very thankful. And I, and I, I think sometimes people might think I'm maybe when I'm sending a long email at the end of a project, thanking people like kind of for having for having me. That kind of simple thing of that, thank you very much for believing in me that I'm the right person to do this um is that i feel very very lucky and as, as i said yeah i feel very very lucky and thankful that i've been able to do many many different things that kind of are in loosely in the kind of creative arts kind of the kind of community arts and things like that but i've just as yeah i'll say it again just very lucky that people have have throughout um my career and again saying career makes it sound like a biz like a business or something like that but through the time of of the working that i've done that people have always taken time to to answer my questions and to share their skills and to share their experiences and that for me is why i love the work that i do because it is constantly every new project is another learning opportunity and um and that is exciting because if you keep getting to learn whilst when you're working, then then it just open your yeah opens up so many kind of possibilities and and yeah yeah yeah. And I'm gonna I'm gonna paraphrase this and get it totally wrong, but that reminds me of a quote that was something like, "If you find a job doing what you love, you'll never do a day's work in your life." Yeah, I can't. I I I totally probably like no no, but it sounds right. And mangled it. it sounds right. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, it does feel like that. And I think there's something about, you know, it's the energy and, um, and I, and maybe this is sort of a bit random, but the, you know, the fact that you are doing lots of different things feels quite, you know, do we restrict ourselves by, and this is maybe circling right around to your, you know, the, your, your lyric, the, you know, the dream, dreamy days. Yeah. Yeah. This idea that, you know, um, if we set ourselves goals or label ourselves, are we actually restricting ourselves? because we're giving immediately giving ourselves a boundary but if we dream if we follow our passions follow our energy then maybe we're opening ourselves up and putting ourselves in positions where things might happen you know but it's because we're not labeling ourselves we're not restricting ourselves by a boundary that we put on absolutely and i and i and i think as well is that going back to that idea of of difference and and kind of being able to understand difference. I've, yeah, as I said, I feel lucky that I've been able to do lots of different things where I've met lots of different people from lots of different uh, kind of artistic backgrounds, cultural backgrounds, religious backgrounds, um, that you do get to experience lots of different things. Um, and that really opens up the possibilities of, of, of 
dreaming and, and, and opens up the possibilities of going, okay, well, if we could think about taking this idea from this project and this idea from this project, well, maybe this fits in and all those kind of like a big puzzle with lots of different color pieces. I think that's a really poor metaphor. No, but, I like it. It's like, yeah, it's, um, you're creating your own tools. You're yeah. sort of like going, oh, and it's an, an analogy that I used to use like in coaching, like as a, as a beginner coach, you're kind of, you get this toolbox and, you know, maybe this a beginner, anything, you get a toolbox and you've got a spanner and a screwdriver and a hammer and you know what those things do and you're able to deploy them when you need a spanner and a screwdriver. As you get a little bit more experience, your toolbox get a bit, gets a bit bigger and then you get some power tools because you realise that like an electric sander is probably much more efficient than a piece of sandpaper. Yeah. Um, but it, it gets to a point where there's a job that you need doing and you're kind of like, I don't, I don't have a tool. And as a more experienced coach or whatever you might be, or, you know, maybe this is the case if you're an actual joiner, you kind of go, mm, that's the job I need, but I don't have a tool that does it. So what can I create? So you make your own tool and you maybe yeah. take a half of that and half of that. And you, yeah, it's that kind of yeah analogy that feels similar to that sort of puzzle. Definitely. And, and I think a lot of my work has been with children and young people. Um, and there's also, I think, something very special about when you can offer someone else a tool from your toolbox and you can pass that on and then they're adding something different to their toolbox and and all the time they're also handing you a different tool to put into your toolbox, mm. a different way of thinking or a different way of questioning something or just the way that children can be, children and young people can be very honest just kind of in the moment be very very honest about how something's going or how something isn't going um and i think in my case the opening a very good example of this is the opening 20 minutes of a workshop i had um, the other week that i was just sort of very much in the mood just to be having a chat with with the young people and um uh and one of the young people turned around and said maybe we should uh, check in now and I was like, yeah, fair enough. We will now check in as the starting point of our workshop. Um, and yeah, just, I think you'll make a very good, um, you'll make a very good workshop facilitator in the future, I think, because maybe you got a little bit sick of me just wanting to have a chat and just hang out with, 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 with him and his, and his, and his friends. Um, but here's that. I think that toolbox is a really nice analogy because I think we're always using, trying to create different tools and, we're always filling our toolbox, but we also get to share some of our tools and we get to gift some of our tools and, and vice versa. And I think that that's going back to what I was saying about the different work that I've done and been kind of quite blessed by the people that I've been able to work with and that I've been able to meet is that people have been very, very um, generous with the tools that they've, that they've been able to, to, to give me. And, and I, now see the work that I do as as wanting to do the same thing um and and I hope that on both levels that continues because I feel um very lucky do you know I just uh, I'll say that now probably the sixth time I've mentioned it now in the past five minutes but <laughs> and I, I'm drawn to another quote and I'll share that in a sec I'm gonna as we draw to the end of this I think we feel like we've covered a huge amount as ever and yeah. sort of short conversations it feels like we talked about difference identity politics we've touched on um you know home all of these you know kind of things all stem from this idea of you know your dreamy days lyrics 
Um, so in a, in a minute, I'll just invite you to maybe share a final thought or anything you want to leave us to. Um, the quote that's in my head, I can't remember which golfer it was, but it's funny. The, luck, the more I practice, the luckier I get. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's something in there about maybe luck. Maybe we create our own luck by doing yes, that's, good stuff or reaching out. I don't know. Maybe it's just I, that, you know, you're giving out stuff and you're sharing your tools so people are willing to share theirs back. Um, yeah, so Alex Ferguson, um, who I respect as a manager, but not the football team that good. he managed. Good. Um, and I Actually, we, just, haven't talk, we haven't talked about football, but probably being a North Londoner, people could possibly guess your team. Um, yeah, but I would hope they would not guess. Um, well, I would hopefully they would only guess Arsenal because there is only one team in North London and there is only one team in London as far as um, <laughs> I am concerned. Um, but yeah, Sir Alex Ferguson said the very same thing. You make your own luck. And I think it is kind of partly true. I think there's definitely kind of, you could probably unpick that um, somewhat, but there is that kind of that thing about, yeah. I like it. It's a good way. I think it's a good, it's a good um, phrase. And it's one that um, when my um, Manchester United supporting flatmate is complaining about not getting a penalty or not getting VAR stopping a goal, I just turn around and say, as the manager, your famous manager said, you make your own luck, John. So that's, that's on you and your team. (laughs) (laughs) So, so beyond the football chat, um, is there any, that's all right. We we can't have a podcast without a bit of football chat. No, Um, no, no. It, you know what what would you like to you know how would you like to leave or sum up or you know leave people with something from this as ever very random but very meaningful and um yeah thought-provoking conversation yeah i think probably going back to kind of some of the things that we were talking about at the very start really about the fact that these conversations have been able to happen because we coinc like through the coincidence of, of being in the same zoom room and connecting that way have been able to share many many things that we find we have in common but also many many things that are different in the way that where we grew up and the way that we work where we work and I think that I just I think I will constantly say it that we need to live in a society where we do not see different as um as a bad thing and that kind of these ideas around othering and being other um, and where we celebrate that difference and we understand that difference and therefore then we kind of embrace and we become part of and we can have conversations about and with and for um, not for no one we should not be speaking for anyone but just to just I'll scratch that um, but yeah this idea of, of difference, I think, has been very much part of these conversations that that we've both had, um, and I think that one day we and we will continue to fight and continue to, to to do the work that we do, because I think that we need to get to a place where what is different about us is what actually is 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 um, similar about us, and now those are the things that we need to to celebrate and create a society where no matter where you come from, no matter um, what God you believe in, no matter what your gender is, um, et cetera, et cetera, to kind of, that we feel comfortable and confident and able to, to talk about that and talk about the difference in our identity and, and all those, the kind of intersections of all of that, that we're able to, to do so. Um, and I think that's 
something that very that, that drives me on and drives me on in the work that I do um, and I think that's a kind of a, a dreamy day is to get to that point where we can we can do that um, that is probably maybe not as coherent as I would have liked to have finished a podcast but um, I think that that's pro- probably I hope hopefully as the editor of the podcast Jane that's okay hey that is fantastic and do you know what you you you, you started with dreamy days and you've ended with dreamy days so I think yeah. that's a pretty spot on way to finish um, so here's to plenty more conversations and working towards that dreamy day absolutely absolutely so thank you very much for being my guest thank you very much for having me Jen really really enjoyed it you have been listening to the coffee and conversation podcast the podcast that celebrates great people making amazing things happen my thanks again to my guest Jack Tully and also to you for listening until the next time take care